Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the Believe in the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Golden of Jets X Factor. As always, I got my co-host, Lamont Jordan, former New York Jet running back with me. Lamont, how are we doing this week? I'm good, man. Just coming to the end of a long, long week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Getting towards that time. We had championship weekend last week for college football. We got NFL season wrapping up, getting close to the playoffs. The Jets are once again not involved in that, but eventually they will be, hopefully. Uh, we got some stuff to talk about. Let's go ahead and not mince any words here. Uh, Jets had an interesting matchup against Philadelphia. It did go one of the ways of the scenarios we laid out, and that was the Eagles offensive line just punishing and creating problems for the Jets defensive line. And that's kind of what happened. They could not get any pressure on Gardner Minshew at all uh, in traditional drop back passes, play action. It didn't matter. The run game was able to generate holes. I thought they were better overall against the run than in the past game, but even still they were not able to defensive line was not effective. And like we said, when the defensive line doesn't win, this defense doesn't win. I think it's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. No, I listen. I agree with you. Um, I think the one thing that stuck out to me, was, in my opinion, how poorly Mosley played at the linebacker position. Yeah. I mean, on one of those runs, it, it looked like uh, he he accepted an invitation from the offensive lineman to go to a slow dance. It's like he got engaged with them and never disengaged. Um, it, it, it was kind of, it was, listen, it was disappointing to watch. I really think that this was a winnable game for the Jets. Um, you know, we talked briefly about, um, you know, Minshew and Hurts, and, and I felt like that, you know, you're just getting a slower Hurts by having Minshew in there. Um, and I think the most dis- one of the most disappointing things was all season long, especially when Wilson has been the quarterback, they had horrible first halves. They got yep. off to a great start. Yes, they did. Man, they got off to a great start. I definitely think the missed field goals played a factor in the game. They yeah. definitely, I, I'm a believer that when you score a touchdown and you either don't convert the two-point conversion or you miss the extra point, I think that that kind of takes the momentum away from your team. And I think that those missed extra points kind of kind of did them in. Um, but this team has to find a way to put four quarters together. And I just don't think that they did that against the uh, Eagles. Yeah, let alone four quarters. They got to find a way to be a complete team. Because not in any game this year has the offense, defense, and special teams all played well at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in spurts, sure, but not as a collective would you sit there and say the the offense was great, the defense was great, the special teams was great. It started off with Barrios's return to open the game. Yeah, I mean, he came out swinging, and I think that that was the, the collective sigh of relief for the offense to sit out there and go, okay, we got this. We're already, you know, at 79-yard return to open the game. We're already in field goal range. You know, we're already in the red zone. We just got to go and execute, and that's, you know, what Zach Wilson said himself, and that's exactly what happened. They were all able to calm down, go out, and be efficient to open the game, which is something we haven't seen them do this year really at all, uh, and they were better off for it. I mean, they just – they played – the best they have played to open the game by far. I mean, they were Zach Wilson in particular. I want to highlight him. I thought this was his best game of his career. That just when you look at it from the aspect of quarterbacking and the process of being a quarterback where the Tennessee game was great, but a hundred of his 297 yards came on two throws. Yeah. And yeah. there was a handful of opportunities in the rest of that game where he could have put it away and they didn't have to take it to overtime. And Titans game was, again, a great game overall, but I thought this game was better. I thought this was a much more mature, much more calm, much more in control Zach Wilson. And the offense really responded with him playing that way. And Mm -hmm. I really hope that it can continue into this next week against New Orleans because you don't want to ever see solid progress be lost. And rookies, you know, it's going to be up and down. You know, they're going to have peaks and valleys. It's never going to be. I don't think any player's projection is a straight line, regardless of whether they're a rookie or not. But you you want to see them build. And you saw him clean up things from Houston that he didn't do as well the week before, and he got better. You want to see him continue that again this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that he threw the ball harder than I've seen him throw the ball all year. 
Um, I mean, he was throwing some ropes in there. One of the passes to the flats to Coleman that he kind of yeah. threw behind him. I'm saying to myself, oh, just take some of it, you know, take some off of that. Um, but I do agree with you. Um, I think that I think that this was his best game of the year, and there's a lot to grow from in this game. Yeah. Um I, there was one particular play where where he kind of stepped up in the pocket and was third down, and where I think that he should have ran the ball. And he yeah. was a little gun shy when running the ball. But coming back from injury, you can kind of expect that. But I tell you what, um, you know, that that Eagles defense, that Eagles defensive line, they really got after the offensive line, I think, especially in the second half. And the thing that really stuck out to me in this game was when I looked at the two offenses, the Eagles offense had more of a flow. Yeah. Whereas the Definitely. Jets offense, it was kind of like a hit or miss, hold your breath. I love the fact that they got Coleman involved early. I like that. You want to have a physical presence. You got Coleman the ball. He was running downhill. He was running hard. But I really think that you can see the differences in the offense. I really think the Eagles game plan, I mean, their offense looked good. I mean, they were able to run the ball pretty much down the Jets' throat. Um, Minshew did a great job, I think, in the pocket. And we talked about this um leading up to the game about the importance of the defensive line maintaining their rush integrity. And I think a few times they didn't get that done. Um, but all in all, yes, we didn't walk away with the win, but I, I think that offensively the offense looked a lot better. It's just, it just, it's just something that's just not there. Something is not clicking there with the offense. Yeah. I'll tell you what I honestly think the biggest problem with the offense was against the Eagles. And this will be where we'll wrap up before we get into new Orleans, but the, their biggest problem is that they didn't get to be on the field for over an hour of real time. Mm. They were rolling on their first three possessions. They go out and score three straight touchdowns to open the game. And then you get towards the end of the game and you have the Eagles offense that bleeds basically all of the second quarter leads into the third quarter, bleeds half the third quarter and mm. the Jets offense is stuck on the sideline. And mm -hmm. all of that rhythm that Zach Wilson was able to get into, all of that rhythm the offense was able to get into, all the momentum they had was gone because they're just stuck there watching yeah. the defense get ran over, yeah. quite honestly. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing they can do. It's demoralizing. And so now you're having yeah. to go back out there on offense in the third quarter where you're now down more than you intended to be because the Eagles did the Patriots double dip on you, score before the half and score after the half. Mm -hmm. And now you're playing a different game where you were playing, you know, it was a close game. Everything was tight. You're not backed into a corner yet. Now you're coming out on offense. You haven't had the ball in so long. The Eagles have, are up, you know, 10 points since you've had the ball last. Now you're desperate. Now you mm -hmm. got to go out and keep the pace. Now it's a different game. Now the pressure is back on. And I think that's when we saw the offense slow down. The, in my opinion, if the defense could just get a stop, I think the offense would have continued the way they were playing. I think that they were really starting to roll. And I completely agree with what you're saying about the Eagles having a, a foundation to their offense and an identity to their offense and a plan to their offense and being able to build off one another and get into those type of plays where you can sequence the jets didn't have enough plays to do that. Mm -hmm. They just didn't have enough plays offensively to, to stay in that rhythm. And I really hope coming up against new Orleans, and as we'll talk into it, probably be the first thing that we'll lead off into. Actually, this will be a good transition. New Orleans offensive lines beat up right now. Yeah. And it's normally one of the best units in the league, but right now it is not. And some of their best players very are, are unlikely to play or out for the season entirely. Mm -hmm. This could be another week where, the defensive line has a favorable matchup. If they can't stop this offense, at least somewhat and take advantage of this weak offensive line, then it could be another matchup. Like we saw last week where the defense just can't stop anything. Yeah. You know what? I, I, watching the Eagles game and then going back and watching the saints game. The first thing that stuck out to me was, wow. I really think the jets have a chance to beat the saints. Yeah. Um, I just kept thinking, I'm like, I don't recognize this Sean Payton offense. I think that he's gone more college style offense instead of going with more of a traditional drop back dial up route combinations, uh, sprinkling a multitude of different runs. So leading up to this game, I'm thinking to myself, you know, the, this is a game that the Jets can actually win. There's nobody on the Saints offense that really scares me. 
Um, I think that Sanders for the Eagles is better than every running back that the Saints have right now. I don't think that the Saints have a running back on their roster right now that's playing, um, especially with Kamar being out. Yeah. Well, uh, he yeah, is back in- this week. Oh, well, I'm telling you what. But, but he yeah. is coming back off an injury. Yeah, and he's Alvin coming- Kamara this year has not been that great. If you're looking at his statistics, and, and yes, the Saints offense as a whole has struggled, but this has not been the best year for Kamara in general. It hasn't been the best year for him. Um, I, I think that we are really seeing how how good uh, Drew Brees is. I mean, we've yeah. always seen it, but I really think that with the Peyton Manning conversations and the Tom Brady conversations and the Lamar Jackson conversations that Drew Brees, people forget how good of a quarterback Drew Brees is. And I really don't think that the Taysom Hill thing is working out for the Saints. So Alvin Kamara coming back, that may kind of change what what my bet of the day was going to be. And we'll talk about that. But mm-hmm. what is your first, you know, what is your first, you know, what's your first take either offensively or defensively of what we have to do to get this win? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I led to it earlier. We'll stick with the defense is the defensive line has to take advantage of a weak offensive line that that this is the matchup where yes, I agree. The saints offense is in dire straits right now and they are missing drew Brees, but they're also missing their wall of an offensive line. Mm -hmm. That was my co-host Vitor Paiva on my other uh, podcast has a great line. He said this over the summer when we were breaking down offenses and I would bring it up every chance I get because it's just so perfect. And he was talking about the saints offense before their injuries, obviously, and their offensive line. And he said, I know the saints will always be able to move the ball because of their offensive line. Mm -hmm. And, And that, and that's the truth runner pass. If you have a strong quality offensive line, you will be able to move the ball. Your offense may not be the most explosive thing in the world, but you're never going to get shut out. You're never going to be completely incapable on offense. That mm-hmm. was their ace in the hole. It's why the saints invested so many first round picks in offensive linemen in the years that Sean Payton and Drew Brees were there. They just did it this past season or uh, year before and took Caesar Ruiz. So we've seen why they value this position because it's the key to their offense. It allows Drew Brees when he was the quarterback to have the time to go through his reads, not be as mobile as other players and still be efficient. It opened up the run game when they had Ingram and Kamara at their heyday. And even when that was just Kamara leading the show, that was, you know, leading out on screens, their offensive line was their biggest weapon and it's gone. And now they're trying to figure out how they can make up without their biggest weapon being their offensive line. Drew Brees mm-hmm. being the the third coach on the field to be able to get them out of uh, tough situations, and they don't have the number one receiver in Michael Thomas drawing coverage. Mm-hmm. So you have one person to key on on defense if you're looking at skill players, and it's Kamara, and he's coming off an injury for the first time in two seasons. So we'll see how that plays. He's missed a month. It's not like this was a, a slight ankle injury and he was out for a game and a half, or he missed half of last week and he's questionable for this week. He missed a month. This is going to be his first game back in a while. And you know this better than anybody is a running back. Real contact and practice practice contact are two different things. Yeah. (laughs) And that's going to, he's going to feel it in his first game back after a month. Uh, Defensive line has to make this game, as we like to say, one dimensional. And -hmm. you got to turn Taysom Hill into a passer. Yes. If you can, if they can't stop the run and I'm not even going to talk about generating pressure. Cause quite honestly, I think Taysom Hill is really quick and good at evading pressure. What he does after with the ball may be a different story, but in yeah. terms of getting away from the pressure, I think he can be pretty good at it. You got to stop the run. You got to yeah. punish this running game. You got to stop Camara. You got to get in the backfield, penetrate, and the saints are going to have their calls. They're going to have their traps, their powers, and the jets are going to have to try and beat that again. But we know that's coming. At this mm-hmm. point, I'm, I'm not going to repeat myself for any much longer on the Jets defense. You're going to see the same stuff. You're going to see the same sort of concepts. You got to go out and stop it. And with an offensive line that's weak, this is your chance to do it. Yeah, yeah. For me, I'm going to I'm going to go the level behind the defensive line, and and it kind of fits right along with your point um, of, of not allowing them to run the ball, keeping them one dimensional. I really think is going to be the linebacker play and pass coverage against Kamar. Yeah. Um, you know, as a running back, yes, you have to deal with the contact, but Sean Payton does find ways to get his best players to ball in space. Yep. And that combination of Alvin Kamar and, and Ingram being back together again, 
You don't have the big, you don't have the big wide receivers that you have to worry about on the outside. I really think it's going to come down to making sure that you neutralize and control Ingram and Kamar. So for me, it starts with the linebacker core. Mosley has to have a better game this week than he did last week. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, the linebackers have to improve. Uh, this is, uh, they. it seems like the linebackers play well when the defensive line plays well. And when the defensive line isn't playing well, the linebackers don't play well. Because I thought that Quincy Williams and CJ were better against Houston. And yes, it was lesser competition, but I thought this was one of the worst games CJ Mosley's had all year against the Philadelphia Eagles. And that sort of inconsistency, you know, we need those guys to be someone on this defense has to be consistent. That someone has to be consistently yes. solid. You don't have to be great, but you got to be at least average. And right now mm-hmm. it's just up and down everywhere. I agree. Uh, Camaro will chop if, if Camaro chops them up in the past game, it's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day. And that kind of leads to what my second point with the defense we have to do. You have to get off the field in third down. Cannot allow them co- to convert a third and 19. You, yep. you just can't allow that to happen. You have an offense, like you said before, that the offensive line is struggling. Um, I don't want to dismiss their wide receiver core because I, I do think that Smith, I do think that little John Humphreys, I think that I those, are, those are guys who can make plays, but it's not like you're dealing with a Metcalf. You're not dealing with a Hopkins or any of those guys like that. And you have a, a team with a quarterback situation. In my opinion, they have right. a quarterback problem over there. So for me, the second point defensively, you have to get off the field on third down. You spoke about it. How in the yeah. last game, it was over an hour of, of, of yeah. basically live time that the defense was on the field. You have to be able to stop the offense on third down. So that would be my second point. Get off the field on third down. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I completely agree. Uh, it's slightly different from my last point, uh, which I'll get into in a sec, because I do want to add into what you're saying, because I completely agree with you. And if I can add a third point, it would be what you just said. Um mm-hmm. The Jets' defense on third down is so predictable, it makes me scream. <laughs> they're going to run man coverage, single high, and they're mm-hmm. either going to bl- bluff a blitz to the inside or they're going to send somebody off the edge. That is all they do. This is why they can't get off the field on third down because mm-hmm. it's third and 19 and you're running cover one press. Oh, well, yeah. well, any quarterback that I could call a high school quarterback he's going to audible to double posts or double crossers and he's going to pick up that first down. And that's exactly what Minshew did. Mm -hmm. My worry, and I'm not going to make this rant twice because I already made it on my other show this week, but my worry is that now and in the future, this defense is too simple. And that even when they get the talent to be the better team, like they're saying, let these guys get better, add talent to the defense. We've had injuries and all of that is valid. It's not that any of that doesn't matter at all, because it definitely does. But cover three is cover three. Yeah. And the NFL has learned how to beat cover three for years. Mm-hmm. This is an archaic defensive scheme. This scheme only lasts one year of solid play. You look mm-hmm. at the best defenses throughout the last handful of years since the Seahawks started the trend, 2013 Seahawks. After that year, they were an offensive team behind Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Defense was okay, but not great. Flash forward to the 2015 Jaguars. Great defense. Went 5-11 and 11 the next season. 2019 49ers, great defense. Four first-round picks on the defensive line. Were out of the playoffs the next year. Robert Sala got injured, had to completely change his scheme because he realized he couldn't run the same defense if he didn't have Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead. You're not always going to have those guys. And even when you do have those guys, it lasts one year. So... Mm-hmm. Get off third down. My my added extra point that I'm going right into you with is do something different on third down. Yes. Change up your tendency. Dude, yes. Sean Payton's if if Nick Sirianni knows what you're doing, Sean Payton knows what you're doing. Yeah. It's yeah. That simple. Yeah. No, I listen, I I'm with you 100 percent on that. You will not have a chance to beat the Saints if you come out there and run the same things that you've been running. Yep. Yes. Yes, I think that Sean Payton has kind of got away from what his traditional offense is, but he's still Sean Payton. Yep. In my opinion, he's still one of the top play callers in the National Football League as far as game planning, scheming. And if you're going to, if you think that you're going to beat the Saints, I don't care if their offensive line is hurt or not, 
you're not going to beat the Saints and you're not going to stop that offense if you come out there and run the same thing against Sean Payton that you've been running all year long. He will move the ball up and down the field on this team, and it'll be just like it was in the second half of the of the Eagles game. Your defense is going to be on the field all day long. And if you're telling me that on third down that they're going to play cover one, they're going to play press cover, they're going to play press man, you're going to see Sean Payton move the pocket and yep. you're going to see them throw that ball deep. And so I agree with you. And and I will finish, I, I will echo your final point defensively is you have to do something different not only on third down, but you have to do something different throughout the course of this game to kind of throw Sean Payton off a little bit because he, I mean, listen, he is Sean Payton. He's earned the respect and the reputation of, and on any given Sunday, his teams can light you up because he's just that good. Yeah, absolutely. And Jeff Ulbrich of more than anybody else in the Jeff staff right now should know that after all the time he just spent in Atlanta. So this is why to me, this is like Jeff Ulbrich. Like if this, and I don't quite honestly, you know what? I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Cause I don't know how much Robert Sala is influencing this defense, but he hired a defensive coordinator and said he wasn't calling the plays. So by that logic, I have to direct the issues to Jeff Ulbrich right now. Mm-hmm. This is his game. Put up or shut up for me. Yeah. This is his like, if you don't change, which this is literally my last point. This is the perfect transition that I wrote here for my last point. Taysom Hill will eventually make a mistake. Yes, he can run around and he can make a big play scrambling and he might outrun your defensive end and get up the seam and you might give up a 40 yard scramble and he'll hurdle a safety and it'll be a highlight play. But two plays later, he's going to throw a pick on an out route because he threw it late. Yes, he's going to he's going to fumble because he's reaching the ball too hard or he's Mm -hmm. spinning too hard out of a tackle. He's going to run the wrong way when he's rolling out of the pocket, run himself into pressure. He is going to make a mistake. And Mm -hmm. so you got to capitalize on his mistakes and you got to get turnovers. Mm-hmm. The Jets defense has not gotten turnovers much at all this season. Yeah, I, I legitimately think, quite honestly, they've gotten less than seven turnovers the whole year. It might be less than that. It might be less than five. You got to get turnovers. When you yeah. got a mistake-prone quarterback like this, who's going to be erratic, who's going to be frantic, who his whole mantra and style of play is playing every play like it's his last, go try and see if you can make it his last. Go yeah. try and see if you can, you can bait him into some mistakes. He threw four picks against Dallas. You can't get one against him this week, you know, <laughs> defensively. I don't know what to say with an offensive line that isn't supposed that shouldn't be quality that you should be able to get pressure on. You got to get a turnover. You got to, you got to take advantage of mistakes and you got to be an opportunistic defense, get your offense that is now seemingly improving more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and I, I think that that's a good transition. Um, offensively um just like we say hey defensively you have to do something different i think offensively we got to see something different then we talked yeah. about it the, the eagles offense look versus the jets offense the eagles offense has a flow to it they run plays and it's like okay we got four yards here we have five yards here when i see the jets offense run it's like every time they drop back to pass i'm like hold my breath hold my breath okay good hold my breath hold my breath yeah. oh thank goodness that we're picked off hold my breath, hold my breath. And it's like, oh gosh, what the heck was that? So my first point offensively is, is you have to give me something different. And I think that we saw that last week. I think we saw, I I think we started to see that at the beginning of the game last week, but after you get through your first 20 scripted plays, which I think the first half, you know, the first few drives was the scripted 20. After you get past your first scripted 20, you have to be able to make the necessary adjustments. So for me, offensively, I want to see something new. I would like to see some type of flow to this offense where they're making the necessary adjustments and they're able to continue to move the ball and staying out of third and long situations. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. You got to be able, it's got to be the opposite result of last week, which was the the Eagles dominated time of possession. You're playing Sean Payton. If he dominates time of possession, you lose. That's you gotta, you gotta be able to control the clock. And so Mm -hmm. I have something for you. That's my first point on offense. It's not exactly new or it's not Mm -hmm. exactly something that's a complete reinvention of anything, but it's something looking at the saints, looking at their situation that I think can be something that the jets have done before, not so much recently. And now might be the time to really try and do it more. Both the saints starting defensive ends are going to miss this game. Okay. Cameron Jordan is on the COVID list. Marcus Davenport's been dealing with a knee injury. He's been out of practice all week. I think he missed the week before. 
So they're going to have two backup defensive ends in the game. So let's, especially like we saw with Tevin Coleman and like we've seen the jets do in the last couple of weeks with their fake tosses, let's get the edge run game going. Let's see if we can't like you talk about, because the saints do some of that double mug stuff when they get inside and their linebackers, which are the strength of their front seven right now with their defensive line hurt when they're going to be inside and stunting inside. Well, let's see if we can't pin that defensive end inside with a down block, get a toss to the edge. Let's see Mm -hmm. if we can't take advantage and run the the outside zone that this offense is known for. Let's Mm -hmm. see if we can't let get what Elijah Vera Tucker get an easier jump reaching a three tech because he doesn't have to worry about stopping Cameron Jordan on a double team. Mm-hmm. I think you can create some plays and have a sustainable run game by going outside in this game and not completely on every play. You still got to mix it in the inside. You still got to, you know, you can't be one dimensional on anything, but with their defensive ends out and with the way the jets offensive line has been run blocking lately, because I think they've been playing really well in run blocking. Mm-hmm. I think you can get a efficient rushing attack. I don't know if it's going to be outright explosive, I don't know if it's going to be the dominant, you know, 170 plus yards on the ground day where, you know, the Jets just steamroll them. But what you're talking about is the Jets need to flow on offense. And I completely agree. And if they can't get that run game going, I don't know if they'll be able to establish that flow. I don't know if they'll be able to get into that sort of rhythm. And quite honestly, like we just said, they need to control the clock. So if you're going to run on this defense, I don't want to run it to Mario Davis. I, I I would not want to run at, at Pete Warner. If he is playing, it says he was another guy that was on the injury list. I, I want to try and go to the edges, take advantage of their soft defensive ends and the backups in uh, and see if you can't also set up play action off of that. Cause also I want to take some deep. This is not a point I have offensively, but if they're going to have backup defensive ends in, you can't be scared to throw. You yeah. got to be able to pass the ball. You got to be able to run some more longer developing pass plays. And that'll help if you can set it up off play action. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And and that will lead into my second point. Talking about seeing things done differently offense. I like to see them add in some no huddle. Yeah, pick up I'm with you. You know, pick up the tempo. I, I think that by going with a no huddle, it kind of puts the defense in a position where they're all over the place. And then when teams go no huddle, most coaches, defensive coaches, they pretty much have their no huddle packages. So it makes it a little more predictable as far as what the, what you think you're going to get from the defense. So my second point would be, hey, let's 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 work some no huddle. Let's speed up the pace. You can still work the clock, yeah. you know, but you, but you want to be efficient. You want to move the ball. You want to switch field position. And so I'd say, hey, you got young defensive ends who are coming in. If you can create a situation where you're in no huddle now, those guys are going to get a little more fatigued. Now you have to bring in their backups, force the Saints to have to play multiple people. And I think that you can do that, you know, with my second point. And that's, hey, come out first drive of the game. After the first play, you pick up yards, go no huddle. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I think that's a great point, and I would love to see them do that as well. It's something that Tom Brady used to do, and he still does it with Tampa, but it was being a Jets fan, I've seen this happen on the other end in the <laughs> New England too many times, where they'll get like a, an explosive play, they'll get an explosive pass playoff play action, and Tom Brady is always hurrying up. Even if they eventually just call a run play, even yeah. if they just get to the line and run the ball, he is mm-hmm. always trying to hurry them to the line to see if he can't catch a defense slipping. And the second a defense gives up an explosive play, that's when they're on their heels. That's mm-hmm. when everyone's looking around going, who gave up that? Who Whose responsibility was that? They're also huffing and puffing from being tired and chasing the play downfield. That's the perfect time to do it. And so I think mm-hmm. everything that we're saying this week is all fitting in together. And if you can establish the run, you can set up your shots on play action. And if you hit, hit a shot on play action, hurry up be aggressive, get down the field, see if you can't do it again. I I really think that that would be really helpful, not only for the offense's flow. And I agree, you don't have to spend the whole game doing no huddle. You got to control the clock somewhat, but that'll help the offense's flow. And I think it'll help Zach Wilson because I think he'll be more in a rhythm. He'll be getting to go. Like you're saying, defenses get more simple when teams go no huddle. I think, I think he could operate really well with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that leads to my last point from an offensive standpoint and, and watching the game, I know we're going to look at Zach Wilson with some of the throws that he made, but my 
my last point is the need for the wide receivers to run full speed routes. There were a couple of times where I saw Jamison Crowder was on one play, was on third down, where he's coming over, he runs, sits in front of the linebacker, then he's coming back out. Zach Wilson was a little late with the ball. Well, it looks like he stopped running his route, raised his shoulders up, jogged in front of the man, and then came back out. Yes, Zach Wilson was late with the ball. But I think a large part of that is because when you run that route, you really got to burst to that defender, sit down hard, and then slide back out. Whereas what I saw Crowder do, I saw Crowder come across the middle, kind of slow down a little bit, and then come back out. What What that does is it brings the zone defender closer to you. If you attack him with speed, make him sit there. Now you can break down and slide back out. That creates a bigger uh, a bigger window for Zach Wilson. It's a couple of times where I've seen um, a couple of the outside receivers. You can tell that they didn't think that they were going to get the ball, so they didn't even run their routes out. They didn't run your yes. routes out. Oh, that so infuriates my, me. Yeah. So my last point offensively is wide receivers run full speed routes. Offense is a game of timing and spacing. And if you're not running your routes full speed to get the defenders to be where they need to be so that your play can become successful, then then you're disrupting the timing and the spacing yourself. The defense's job is to disrupt that timing and spacing. If your wide receivers are not running wide full speed routes, then you're helping the defense out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In this offense, timing is everything. Mm-hmm. Timing and not only the quarterback's footwork and timing of his drop being aligned, but the receivers getting to their spots on time at the exact right moment is everything. Because if a receiver is late or too early, it throws off his Zach's reads. Yes. It's it's going to, and everyone's going to sit there and go, look at Zach Wilson. He can't read defenses. And it might be because Jamison Crowder was late to a spot. And Zach's yes. thinking on my third step balls out and Crowder comes up slow. Now it has to be one, two, three hitch. And there's, Oh, Zach Wilson's holding the ball too long. The, yes. There's a bunch of things that can go wrong when you do that. And this yeah. week might be tough because Corey Davis is now out for the season with, uh, with, with a core muscle injury after uh, the play he had uh, where I don't know was later in this. I think it was the third quarter. Zach Wilson's rolling to the right and he throws a touch throw on a rollout and it's just over Corey's outstretched hands. He got hurt on that play and now he's out for the season. So that, yeah, he's out there. Elijah Moore is a quad injury. He's in practice in two days. So, yeah. So you're looking at these receivers and you're looking at guys that are, might be down. Luckily, they're getting Keelan Cole back this week. He he is back at practice, so that's a big help. <laughs> Quite honestly, I think more targets for Barrios is a great idea. I think I don't think there's going to be I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And my last point uh, that I'm going to end off on here is you got to throw to the running backs more. <laughs> you got to take advantage of it because the Jets got so many easy plays by just dumping it off to Tevin Coleman early in the Eagles game. And I'll tell you, on his first throw of the game. This is where Zach Wilson himself needs to improve. He threw it behind Coleman. It's man coverage. They're running Coleman on a swing route and the outside receivers breaking in. It gives him a pick on the linebacker. If Zach doesn't throw it behind Tevin Coleman, I think Coleman scores. Mm. He had a, he had enough room to catch this ball, do a whole 360 pirouette, reset himself and still got the corner for nine. You're telling me that if he could catch it in stride with his speed, that he isn't housing it. Mm-hmm. I think you can get some explosive pass plays by throwing to these running backs. And it's the perfect thing to do with what you're talking about with no huddle, because there is nothing better than going no huddle, calling four verts, letting the whole defense back up 30 yards mm-hmm. the other way and throwing the 10 yard flip to the running back who runs for 17. That yep. it's, it's easy and yep. it's easy. And you don't got to worry about reading defenses. You don't got to mm-hmm. worry about making a tough throw downfield. You don't got to mm-hmm. worry about setting up some play or scheming some guy open. It's just easy. So I think with the guys that we have in this game with Tevin Coleman, who is going in concussion protocol. So so we will see how he is for this game, but even still Ty Johnson, your turf, get him in some routes, get him, get him out as a receiver. Cause I think that is where he is at his best is when he is running routes out of the backfield as a receiver. Let's get some easy yards by throwing to our running backs. And I'm not talking about screens. I want them used. I want them out in the route. I yeah. want them. I want them out running passes. Is that scary because you're leaving five in pass protection? Sure. But the saints defensive ends 
their two starters are not playing. So you got to have a little confidence in your offensive line to block with five. And Mm -hmm. if it means that Zach Wilson has a check down to get to after two and a half seconds, if you can't block for two and a half seconds, then I don't know what to tell you. Zach Wilson's got to be able to get the ball out quick. Sure. Not saying anything against that, but if two and a half seconds isn't enough time and you can't, because of that, you have to have Ty Johnson in blocking as a sixth man in protection and he can't be out as a check down. You got a problem. So let's throw to these running backs. Let's let Zach Wilson get some easy yards. Let's try and run the ball. Let's set up play action right now. This game, a fully healthy saints team mops the floor with the jets. Yes. Take advantage of their injuries. Those, yeah. those are the areas you got to attack. Those are the areas you yeah. got to win. Yep. No, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent on that. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, with that said, let's, um, you know, let's let that lead us into, to our picks for the week. How did we do last week? Uh, we went uh, one and one. You took one the Eagles one. on the money line. So okay. that was, that was good. My, uh, my plus a thousand Eagles first half Jets second half uh, would have went great. If the Jets offense had the ball in the second half, I really think it would have happened. But yep. thanks to the the Jets defense for making sure that that did not hit this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm playing a little safer this week. Okay. Um, going into things a little bit, not too crazy, but, you know, we've talked about it for most of, of this show. And what we've talked about is the Jets defense is bad. And they have to dominate to be great. And they have an opportunity to play well. But this is Sean Payton. And Sean Payton is, I completely agree with you, probably one of the three best offensive minds in the NFL right now Mm -hmm. and has been for a long, long time. You also have a Jets offense that despite losing some talented players, we still don't know the status of guys like Elijah Moore or Tevin Coleman. Seems like they're hoping to be able to play, but we'll see. You have a Jets offense that's still rolling. You have a Jets offense that even in Houston was able to generate yards on the ground and Mm -hmm. Over the last handful of weeks has been putting up, putting up points and putting up yards. So I'm taking the over. The mm. over is at 42 and a half. That would okay. be 22 by one team, 21 by another six total touchdowns plus an extra uh, two point conversion. I think this game could be 24, 20. Okay. I think this game could be, could be 28, 28, 21. I, I'll be, I'll be up front. I picked the jets 28, 10 or 28, 18 on my other show. So okay. I I think that both these offenses are going to get yards. I think that they're going to be able to move the ball. And I think eventually enough mistakes are going to be made by these defenses or enough great plays are going to be made by people on offense that those yards are going to turn into scores. And so I'm looking at 42 and a half. I could see each team scoring three touchdowns. It's looking at minus 115 right now. So like I said, this is my safe bet, not Mm -hmm. the opposite of last week. But I could just, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be an offensive game because quite honestly, I have no reason to believe the Jets defense can stop anybody. And, and at this rate, it seems like the Saints could hit the over by themselves. So that's, that's where I'm at. Now, prior to the knowledge that Alvin Kamara will be back this week, I was leaning towards the under. Really? I was leaning towards the under because I just, I, I didn't see anything from the Saints offense that really impressed me. I think that, you know, like I said, I think that Sean Payton has gone to more of a college-style offense to a degree. Personally, I think that plays right into the Jets' hands. I, I think that that plays right into the Jets' hands. The problem now is that Alvin Kamara is coming back. Um, and so with that said, what is the spread on this game? Uh, the Saints are road favorites by minus five and a half, the last time I checked. Give me the Saints on the spread. I think they cover the spread. I I really, without Alvin Kamara, I think that the Jets have a better chance of winning this game. With Alvin Kamara being in the game, um, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if you don't see Sean Payton do what what you said that you would like for the Jets to do, and that's get the ball in the passing game to the running back. I think that that's exactly what's going to happen from the Saints offensive perspective. And listen, if they don't, switch up things defensively, especially on third down, like you said, like you said, I think the Saints are going to put up a lot of points. And so give me yeah. the or give me the Saints on the spread. Yeah. I, I considered it. I made my pick wholeheartedly thinking Alvin Kamara was out. Otherwise it wouldn't have been a 10 point Jets victory. I'll say that much. But mm-hmm. but I agree. That's going to be their offense. 
is going to be dialing up as many different routes and pass plays for Kamara out of the backfield as possible and letting mm-hmm. everybody else just distract the defense. Sean Payton's going to know what Jeff Ulbrich is calling if he does not do something different. And yeah. I would really hope that being a, cause I, it's because it's not like I had this negative opinion of Jeff Ulbrich before he was hired to be the Jets defensive coordinator. He, I know he can run some different things. He, his last year in Atlanta, when he took over for Dan Quinn, after he got fired, he became mm-hmm. their interim DC. The reason mm-hmm. he got the Jets job is because he took a defense that was the worst in the NFL, changed what they were doing, added a few wrinkles, and all of a sudden they were like a top 10 defense to close the year. All you have to do, this is something I said on my other show a few weeks ago, but I I stand by it. You got to start trusting these young players to handle more complex schemes like you handle them in single coverage against all pros. Mm -hmm. Because like, and I go back to Brandon Eccles before he got hurt against Buffalo. You're going to be on the outside on Stefan Diggs. You're a sixth round rookie. That's a tough, tough assignment. Yeah. Whether the coverage you are running is complicated or not, covering Stefan Diggs is a tough assignment. You're trusting him to do that. Can we trust these guys in the classroom just as much as we touch them, trust them on the field? Can we trust them to maybe learn a new wrinkle on defense that week that they're going to throw in that can be their new third down package? Can we trust that these guys are capable because this whole, we need to keep it simple to let our talent play. And these guys are young and we don't want to overload them at this point. To me, it sounds like an indictment on them. It Hmm. sounds like, it it sounds like they're saying we, we have to come out every week and play the same coverage and get killed because our guys can't learn anything else. Otherwise, why would you continue to do this? That's like, otherwise why? So if this isn't the week, I don't know if there will be a week. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty tough road ahead after this Saints game. Yeah. And and that is one thing, especially in the secondary position, because I believe we have a lot of people, that some key members that are out from the secondary. It's hard to run a multitude of different coverages if you don't trust your guys. Yeah. Now, from a coaching perspective, you have to show me during the course of the week that I can trust you with this. Because if I can't trust you with it, and you show me during the course of the week that you messed up, but then I decide to call it in the game, and then you mess up in the game. Now right. that's on me because you show me all week right. long that you cannot get this done. And so, from a coaching standpoint, yes, if if your guys can't, if your guys aren't getting these 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 different schemes down, then yeah, you have to run the same thing over and over again. And doing that against Sean Payton, I just think it's going to get you beat. It's going to yeah. get you, beat, and I think it's going to get you beat bad. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, Alva Kamara comes back, just makes this game so different for me. Yeah, it's so, really- it's so Jets, uh, of, uh, of course. Uh, of the Saints, are, the Saints have every single one of their good players injured, except their best one who comes back against the Jets. Who comes back against the Jets. I'm telling you, if Alva Kamara is not playing in this game, I'm taking the under. That's that's what I'm taking. If Alvin Kamara is not playing in this game, I'm definitely going to take the under, and I may have taken the Jets on the, the on the money line. Yeah, but that, him, that was my original bet. My original yeah. bet when I thought Kamara was out was Jets money line. But yeah. once I found out that he was playing, I was like, I can't do that. I just, yes. I just, I can't. It's Sean Payton. He's a he's a excellent offensive mind. Yes, and and right now the Jets defense is is high school. If that, if that, like I, it's, I, I know some high school coaches that run that run creeper pressures that would make the Jets look like freaking Madden. Like there's, I, I'm I'm gonna end it here before I let this go any further. I think I might turn this into an article for Jets X Factor actually. But but just remember, if the Jets defense goes on to be the Achilles heel of the team under Robert Sala. It's because they're running a defense from 2013 that the league has had figured out since 2014. And you just don't have the players to do it. And even when you do, it doesn't last. Okay. Even when you do, that's, that's my worry is that Mm -hmm. there isn't a single example of a team that has been a sustainable defense for more than one year or two years at most that runs this scheme at its peak because the guys either stop being talented or you have things like turnovers, which are streaky year to year. Or you have guys leaving free agency 
because they're get really good and they go get paid. And then another team takes them. You can't keep it together. You, mm-hmm. you, and you know what? Thinking again, not again, not to rant too much, but aren't <laughs> we, aren't we hoping to eventually extend our quarterback? Aren't we hoping to eventually put some money down on our stud wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Are, are, don't we got guys we got to pay? Don't we want to pay Becton? Don't we want to pay ABT? Mm-hmm. We, we don't have the money to keep all this talent on defense, <laughs> let alone like finding it first. Once you find it, then you got to keep it. And, and, yes. and I just, I really think that sooner rather than later, the Jets need a scheme change. They don't need to go to a completely new style. I'm not saying hire Vic Fangio, who's a three, four guy who's going to run something completely and totally different, but look at the Minnesota Vikings, please look at what Mm -hmm. Mike Zimmer does in Minnesota, where it's the same style of defense. It's four, three, it's single high, it's zone coverage, but they will run any different blitz under the sun. They'll run pressures where they show single high and drop the two high and then vice versa. They'll do anything they can to give them advantage and advantage and not just be static pre-snap right now. The jets just stand there and wait for teams to kill them. Yeah. Like uh, you got to do something different. That's my ending point. I don't Mm -hmm. have anything else to say. I could sit here and rant for another hour, but I'm going to stop myself before we get too far into this. Lamont, this has been an awesome show. Thank you again, as always for coming in here and joining with me. If you got anything else to end on, please feel free. The the floor is yours. Yeah. I, I would just end with this. Um, we also have to remember this, that the Jets are going through a culture change. Yeah. They are going through a culture change. When you look at, at, at what they had there before the last couple of years, um, we, we have to be mindful that they're going through a culture change and that requires a lot of patience. We also have to be mindful that we have a lot, a whole lot of young players at key positions on both sides of the ball playing. And so I know for me, what I want to see is I want to see this team fight. I want to see the linebackers not, not go to a football game and dance with the offensive line, but actually strike fear in the offensive line as they're coming up to approach the block. That's what we have to see. So I would just be mindful for all of the listeners, especially our diehard Jets fans. This franchise is going through a culture change. And we have to continue to be patient with coach. We have to be continue to be patient with this franchise. And we have to remember this. The rest of this season is going to lay the foundation for our offseason because we're going yep. to either have guys that we're going to bring back or now we know that, hey, we need to get rid of this person. This person does not fit our scheme. We have to go into free agency, do a great job in the draft. But most important, the biggest message that I want to get across to everybody is remember this. The Jets are going through a culture change. It's not something that's going to change overnight. And we just have to be patient with the process. Yeah, I completely agree. As critical as I just sat here and was, and I own everything that I just said and I stand by it, I'm right there with you. We got to be patient because I truly believe that Robert Sala at his core is Mm self-aware. Robert Robert Sala is if he gets the defense that gets to the talent that he wants and he tries to run this scheme and it falls apart, I think he'll change. I don't think Mm -hmm. he's going to be stuck in his laurels. And I think that he is a good enough leader to change the culture. Like you're saying. Yeah. And it does take time when you've been, uh, when you've been out of the playoffs for 10 years and you've had the New York post writing the back page on you every week for 10 years, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to take time. It's not going to be an overnight fix. And especially when you got the youth. So I agree, we all deserve to be patient. And I definitely think that there is a lot of areas that warrant patience. My -hmm. worry is that we're kind of wasting our time being patient because what good are these players learning by getting killed in the same defenses over and over that that's no, that's, that's my one particular gripe. Everything else I agree with wholeheartedly because it doesn't, because that doesn't match the rest of their philosophy. Yes. The rest of their philosophy. I agree with, I agree with what they're trying to do. I think it's the right move. I think it's the right thing. I just don't think that this instance they're doing it the right way everywhere else. I agree with, but Mm -hmm. we got to be patient and I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that this young talent will continue to improve and continue to get more experienced. And I really do think they will till then it might be ugly. (laughs) And I think, I think that's what we have to just sit here and buck up and remember is that it might get ugly, but you're right. The last five weeks, they are, they are your rolling board into next season. Do you Mm -hmm. go into next season as the team that could make the the jump or do you go into next season as the same old jets?
Yeah. And, and you got to figure something out because as we see, the Patriots have only gotten stronger. Yep. The Bills are who they are. And the Dolphins look like a team that's 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 slowly but surely has the potential to change to, to, to kind of get around that, get over that hump. And so let's just finish this season out, see what we have, and then um and then just go from there. But Alvin Kamara being back can make things real ugly. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game. I honestly think that regardless, this is going to be a fun game to watch because you're going to mm-hmm. watch Taysom Hill run around like a chicken with his head cut off. <laughs> and you're going to see Alvin Kamara make great plays as, as harsh as it might be to watch it happen to your team. It's always fun to watch elite players do elite things. And mm-hmm. hopefully you'll see Zach Wilson continue his good play. And I, and yeah. I think that he will. I, I really mm-hmm. think that this will be a building block for him. I think that I think that the team as a whole saw what he's capable of when he can settle in. And I think they're going to be playing hard for it. And I'm calling it now Braxton Berrios over 100 yards receiving. I, I, listen, I, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm a fan. Can, of I, can I change my bet? Can go I, ahead. Can, I, can I change my bet? Okay. It's Screw the crazy. over. I'm you know taking. What? You were itching to go risky. The over was just too simple. It was. It was. It was. It's not in my DNA. It's not in my DNA. I just, I got burned last week and I can't take it. Okay. Screw it. I'm changing my bet to end the show. Braxton Berrios over hundred receiving yards, putting it down. Nice. I'm with you. I'm sticking with the saints at the, at the spread, but I, I, I listen, it's a risky bet. But it is one of those things that I think it, it can happen. And hey, listen, if the Jets are going to have a chance to win with Davis being out, we don't know the, the status of more. Cole is coming back. Um, Who Burial else? will be in the slot. And so in the slot against the Saints, I think that you have a better shot of getting that 100 yards. And Burials, listen, he's your punt returner. He's a guy that you throw a slip screen or you throw a five yard hitch. He makes a guy missing and take it 80 yards. And that's what you're hoping for. That's that's exactly what it is. I'm (laughs) hoping for the the three catches, 121 yards and a touchdown stat line. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Well, Hey, once again, another great show, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thank you guys all so much for listening and watching. If you are watching on YouTube, if not, make sure to check us out wherever you guys can find your podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Golden underscore 17. Make sure you guys check out Jets X Factor for all my work there, as well as the Oklahoma Drill podcast to catch out my other uh, other show as well. Lamont, anything you want to throw in before we get out of here? Go right ahead. You can catch me on Instagram, Lamont Jordan underscore 34, or you can catch me on Twitter at Coach Jordan 34. All right, guys. Like I said before, thank you again so much for listening. We'll be back next week to hopefully review a Jets win. Hopefully we go two for two in bets this week. Uh, Can't do both of those things, but one or the other will happen. We'll (laughs) either be undefeated in bets or we'll review a Jets win. Either I lose and Berrios has 100 yards or Berrios doesn't have 100 yards and the Saints win by more than five and a half. That's how it'll be. That's how it'll be. Thank you guys again. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.